Hey everyone, it's Jason and Katie, and this is the Funk Travels Podcast. Together we move from America to Turkey to pursue our dream of international living. And now we're figuring out how to live the expat life. Join us in sharing in our experiences, the ups and downs, and travels along the way. Great job. All right, welcome to episode 38. And this is a special episode because we have more than just Katie and I. Who do we have with us? Uh, yeah, we've got our friends Ashley and Eric joining us today. Say this hi, guys. A- Hello. Hi. <laughs> okay, and so this is the second time that Ashley and Eric have been on this podcast, but the first time we were on a boat when we were all recording together. This time we're recording from across the world, so that's why the audio sounds different than normal. Well, we're in two different countries in the world, for sure. Across the world, I'm not exactly sure because it's not like they're in America and we're in Turkey. They're actually closer to us than most people that we know. Yeah, but we're so actually far. in the same time zone. We are yeah. in the same time zone. Oddly, but we're pretty far apart from geographically. We should be in different time zones. Yeah. Because yeah. the sun sets here. What time's the sunset here? Like 7.30. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. What, what time, time is the sunset for you? I feel like it's been setting between 6 and 6.30. Yeah. So like an hour more early yeah Mm. anyway so for the in the month of june right june july july July. (laughs) month of july june and july it hasn't even been that long so (laughs) we went on uh travels together and we went to asia so i thought we would talk about why uh ashley and eric decided to do this i guess eric and ashley which which do you prefer ashley and eric sounds better for me but i get eric and ashley might be more proper eric and ashley.com is our website so i guess we'd probably prefer that yeah but ashley and eric is more alphabetical yeah true so you guys came up with this idea can you want to talk about why you decided you wanted to go and then why you decided you want to invite us yeah, so we had basically just kind of been throwing out ideas this summer. And since we live in Saudi Arabia and we had recently been back to the States just a couple months before the summer, we were trying to figure out what our plans would be. And so we wanted to go somewhere that was maybe a little less expensive that we could spend some substantial time. And so Southeast Asia sort of fell on our radar as a place to go and also be able to do it somewhat affordably. And so um, we kind of started looking at it and then we were like, you know, it'd be really fun. And we thought about you guys since you have the ability to work remotely. And so we threw the idea out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're super glad you did. I think I jumped on it a lot quicker than Jason did. So, well, I think Jason was excited about it, but I was like, no, we have to do this. Because I think we were already talking about going back to the States. And so adding another whole like four weeks of traveling before we went back to the States was a... Uh, was something that I had to think about more. Yeah. Well, this is generally like our relationship in like where I'm like, let's do it. Let's go. It's it's already kind of set in my mind. And Jason's usually like, let me think about it. Give me a little bit of time. And I'm already like ready to buy tickets. But it's not uncommon Yeah. <laughs> at all. But it ended up working out and we're pretty excited about it. Thanks. So thanks for inviting us. Yeah, we thought it would be fun. To travel, to travel with you guys because it was going to be our third vacation together, right? Because we yep. went on the boat, then we went to Prague together, and well, we met up in Prague, right? And we thought, well, we liked them for short periods of time. We should, <laughs> we should try liking them for a long period of time. Yeah, there was no hesitation on like the actual people we were going to go with, just so you know. 
but there's only hesitation on like we are also doing this as well so how does that work so just so you know we love eric and ashley this is where you guys say oh we love you too we do love you guys too and we love traveling with you guys because i feel like we get each other when we travel so it's not awkward and then i feel like Jason and I have a very similar, I don't know, mindset and travel. And so it just kind of helps that we all kind of balance each other out. And I feel like Katie and Eric probably have a similar, I don't know, mindset about travel. So I feel like we work well together. Yeah. Before we jump into that, since we're on kind of like mindsets and that type of thing, it might be helpful for our listeners to know how how we went about kind of planning this and like who did what, and I have I think we've talked about it a little bit before, but we can chat about it now. It won't take too long. So I think, Eric, you can start us off because really you kind of had the idea, and then I'll kind of pick up in between. I, I'm definitely the planner of the two of us when it comes to like organizing vacations and getting agendas done. And, and so um, as we began kind of looking at it, uh, I think initially we sort of basically drew a map of Southeast Asia and where we'd like to go, and then we sort of kind of narrowed it down based off, you know, making sure we had a variety of different places, countries that were easy to get into without super expensive visas. Started looking at, okay, if we were to go to Myanmar, for example, where would be the places we'd want to go? And so basically we kind of narrowed it down to effectively about a week in each of four different cities and then day trips in other places. But um, yeah, we did that and then really began digging into the details in terms of location and things. Yeah, yeah. Well, you basically came up with the itinerary and then just said, what does this sound like to y'all? And so when it came down to, like, if we we didn't actually choose anything, like, we were totally happy with what you had come up with. And then I think just making sure that we had more days in some locations, like you said. And then I think from there, like, really, you did most of the legwork on all of the tickets and things like that. And I think that's the first thing that we ended up doing together. We we Skyped and then we had that conversation about where we wanted to go. We were fine with the itinerary. And then we like basically bought our tickets that first time that we Skyped to talk about our itinerary. And then after that, I think we divvied up some of the locations. And so I took Myanmar and you took Cambodia because those were kind of our two longer stays. You had already found a hotel at the island in Thailand. And then I think like I basically just did the hotel reservations for the other places and then you kind of did some of the locations. It ended up working out like much easier than I thought it was going to. Yeah, it definitely was an easy process. And I think one thing to kind of talk about on that side is as we were getting ready, looking at tickets and things, we discussing our budget. And I think with two different couples, that was really important and making sure that we had realistic expectations in terms of the types of hotels, the types of things we wanted to do. It can be really, really affordable and you can spend like $2 a night in a hostel or it could be super extravagant and you could spend like two grand a night at some crazy beach resort. And so we're definitely not on either one of those extremes. And so it was good to do with each other and set our expectations clearly. And then I felt like it was really easy. Yeah, it definitely did make it easier with the hotels. Like, okay, I need, I need to look for a hotel for about X amount of dollars per night. And then I just say it's in this area. Here's two, which one would you prefer? And sometimes like we just knew that if a country was actually more expensive than what our budget was for the night, then we, we had to either talk about it or we just had to know like, okay, this place is not as nice as some of the other places that we're staying in. And we just kind of understood that was okay. Like it's fine for one or two nights. Yeah. Roaches or bed bugs or, you know, (laughs) those are fine. 
<laughs> Such I, bad memories. <laughs> and through through the planning, I think one thing that I hmm, one thing that I liked about the plan that y'all came up with was that it was a good mix of traveling a lot and then also just like staying put. We kind of had two we went back and forth. There was like a week of a lot of traveling, staying one night in places, and then we had a couple weeks of just staying in one place, staying in the same hotel for five days or um, a week or whatever. And I think those those were good for me anyway because I prefer to kind of have a less or a more relaxed style of travel where I think some other people on the trip prefer kind of the more go, 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 go type travel. No, so I, I think, think that's we, like pretty much everyone, everyone else on this trip except for you, Jason. I don't know about that. Um, but I think we had a good mix. And so I think that worked out really well in our planning. Yeah. I think um, Eric and Ashley basically compromised for us. On Is that, that true? Part. Yeah. So I don't think we really compromised because we we love the go, go, go and seeing everything we can see. But we also really appreciate those times that we can just relax and not uh, not feel the pressure of like going to see everything. And I think maybe Eric feels maybe more, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but I feel like he is still very much like a let's go do and see and, you know, explore. But I, I don't, I'm not always that way. Like I really do appreciate, especially once we've been going a while, I really appreciate the times when we can just relax and kick back and just enjoy being somewhere that we can relax and we don't have the pressure of like what is going on when we're at home. Yeah. And I had to work and Ashley had a, she was taking a class, right? It's been like that. Yep. And so, and so we did have those times where we had more just kind of downtime to spend working on things instead of just sightseeing and traveling. I also think that because this was like a month of travel, which is a lot longer than any other vacation I've ever been able to take, um, but he did to have those off days kept me from just being exhausted because there are times where we take a one week or a two week vacation and you're like in a different city every night or you're always running out and going to this museum or going to this place or that park or whatever it is. And by the end of the week, you're like, oh my gosh, I need a vacation. Whereas I feel like, yeah, um, you know, we had a month and so we'd have three or four days where we were moving really quickly and then we'd have a week of being in one place and going and seeing something in the morning and then hanging out at the pool or like sleeping in and then going and doing whatever. And so like, to me, I felt like there was enough of a blend that at the end of the month, like we got home and I was actually refreshed and renewed. Yeah, I agree. Well, and too, so like when we were doing the planning for this trip, we did the island for at the end. So like we had a week on the island in Thailand before all going back to Bangkok and then going our separate ways. And I think that was like one of the best things that we could have done. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the schedule? Yeah. Okay, so basically, Eric had the idea that we'd meet in Bangkok, and Jason and I actually came early a few days. Um, mostly, we just spent time working, but we visited some friends in Romania before coming. And then, uh, so we met up in Bangkok, had two, was it two or three days? I'm going to have this, I'm totally going to get this wrong if I'm not looking at our actual itinerary. Um, but it's three days, I think, there. And then we went over to Myanmar for about seven days. And Myanmar, we went to three different cities, 
basically in the middle area. We didn't actually go to the capital city, which most people go to. We stayed, we flew into Mandalay, and we went to Inlay Lake, and we also went to Bagan City. So we made this like little triangle in the middle of Myanmar, and um, a lot has happened in Myanmar since we have been there. We can talk about that later as well. Um, and then after Myanmar, we flew to Cambodia, to uh, Angkor Wat via, no wait, we didn't fly into Angkor Wat. We went to Siam Reap. Is that how we decided it was supposed to be said? Siam Reap, yeah. Okay, and then uh, via Bangkok. So we actually stayed in a hotel for like less than 24 hours. It was like less than 12 hours, it felt like, before heading on to Siam Reap in Cambodia. And then from Cambodia, we went to KL, and then take a bus from KL to Singapore, and then Singapore, and we took a plane to Koh uh, Samoli in Thailand. Yeah, KL and, is Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, if you yes, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And then yeah. we had a week on the beach, on well, not on the beach, but in a little two-bedroom villa type thing in Koh Samoli. And then we went up to Bangkok and said goodbyes after having donuts, <laughs> crispy food. <laughs> That is one of my favorite memories, by the way, is having Krispy Kreme donuts in the airport before we said our goodbyes. Yeah, you had wanted donuts all month. The whole time I was just looking for those Krispy Kreme donuts everywhere I went. And it was not until the very the very end of our trip. Yeah. And there was a gasp of like just shock or whatever, but it sounded like a gasp of horror. And we're all I like immediately freaked out thinking, Oh my gosh, what has happened? And come to find out it was just the donuts. Yeah, she does that a lot. We were we, we were in the car yesterday and it's she Katie finds the worst times to do this and I'm just like backing up and then she goes <gasps> and I'm like what what what? She's like that store has watermelons or you know something <laughs> just completely out of the blue and I'm like I thought I was going to run over a child or something. <laughs> this happens quite a bit. So There's just just I mean, I just get really excited when I find things like that that I'm not expecting. So <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I, so I think the best way we, we could talk for a long time about each of the places, but that would make a long podcast. So I think the best way to go through this is kind of we each share, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of overlap, just kind of our favorite memories um, or memory from each of the different countries that we went to and um, just kind of go through them one by one. What do you guys think about that? Sounds good. Who wants to start? Are we going to start with Thailand? Uh, yeah, yeah we I should... think Bangkok. Yeah, I, I broke okay, Bangkok, Bangkok, like Bangkok and then um, Koh Samui as two separate ones. Okay. Because they were pretty different. Mm. I guess I'll start. My favorite <laughs> part about Bangkok was Chinatown. Mm. Really? Yeah. What was great about Chinatown? Well, so one night we decided to go to Chinatown and we took, well, we took an Uber there, didn't we? We ended up taking Ubers a lot in Bangkok. And what I liked about Chinatown was that it was like, <laughs> it was the like part about Thailand was China. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what I'm understanding right now. Just because it seemed like you were in China, like all of the stores, the signs were in Chinese and all the street vendors were selling Chinese food. And it was just kind of an interesting place to walk around and look around and, and see things. I don't know. It just stuck out to me kind of above all of the other Thailand stuff we did. Cool. Eric, Ashley? My favorite part of Bangkok was getting my first Thai massage. That was, honestly, mm. I think that was probably my first massage ever. And 
Really? Yes, it was somewhat painful, but we did. <laughs> so Eric and I went and did an hour Thai massage and then like a 30 minute like foot massage or something. So an hour and a half. And it was like, I don't remember how much it was because let's be honest, I didn't handle any money the entire time we were gone. But <laughs> it was just marvelous because the the guys that were like giving us massages like are just like grinding into your muscles and it hurt but it felt so good and I just it was so relaxing and I just don't think I took advantage of that enough because mm. I I think we should have done that pretty much every day we were in Thailand but we did it not wasn't, it wasn't in the budget <laughs> no I guess not <laughs> it was not expensive though so I will say that you know if you're going to be in Thailand like you can find like a small place on the side and it's okay. Like you don't have to be scared. Just go and enjoy a Thai massage. Yeah, they were certainly good. We got, I think we had two or at least I had two of them and they were, uh, yeah, painful, but good, like in a good painful way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I will say that the Thai massages as painful as they were, were actually not nearly as painful as the Khmer massage that I had while we were in Cambodia, because that one without being painful and good, it was mainly just painful. And that was an hour that I sort of wish I could get back. Mm. <laughs> this, this is your like worst memory. <laughs> was it marketed as a Thai massage? No, it was marketed as a Khmer massage. So it's something that's slightly different and it was very different. And I don't know, it was just much more aggressive, but yeah, not as enjoyable. Hmm. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a good experience from Thailand? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. For me, and the things that I enjoyed most was just the food. Like, I love Thai food. And so pad thai and fried rice and pad krapao and, like, really the whole trip. But just because I'm thinking about it in Thailand, like, the food piece of it was something that was really, really good. Yeah. You know, they have good Thai food in Thailand, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> they also had good Indian food in Thailand. I yeah, they good. did. Um, I would say, like... Mango sticky rice is like one of my favorite foods. So that was something that I always wanted from there. Um, and it was really good. But my other favorite thing about Bangkok was like, I've always thought of Thailand in a certain way. And I've been to Thailand before I went to Chiang Mai in the north part, which I feel is still very different than what Bangkok is. But, you know, you have this idea of like Bangkok art and culture and like the temples and that type of thing and the day that we spent touring the first place we went i think was wat fo isn't that the name of the temple this is in bangkok is it wat po wat po and you don't say the actual h it's like it's w a t what fo no gosh this is why we don't take you places um and that one, just going there and seeing the intricate, like, temple decorations. And, I mean, there was, like, gold all over the place. It was exactly what I think of when I think about, like, Thai art and decoration and that type of thing. And so it was really cool to kind of see that up close. So I think that was one of what I enjoyed. And that, I think the diversity of it, too. It's not just... There's just so much to see. And they that area that we went to, I think it was really is a really big compound. And so just seeing like all the different types of um, buildings and temples and designs and architecture and all that kind of stuff it was really fun. Yeah, we did do some sightseeing in Bangkok, but I've just completely forgotten all about it. Because <laughs> we went to what that one guy's house. That was really cool. I really enjoyed what 
Oh, I felt like the Grand Palace that we went to before, while impressive, like it was just so crowded with tourists. Mm. That it was just, it was like, like too much to handle. Whereas I felt like when we went to Wap Oh, like it had rained or something. And so people had kind of cleared out and we had that section in the back kind of to ourselves. And so mm -hmm. you were there and you could see all the, the tall pieces of architecture that were like the tall towers and things all kind of there without just being surrounded by people taking selfies. Yeah, <laughs> I think we got some good pictures there too. Yeah. Oh, and you mentioned, Jason, that other the other tour that we did was the Jim Thompson house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the guy who kind of brought the silk industry back to Thailand. Is that kind of what I remember right? And then mysteriously vanished. Yeah, just mysteriously vanished. Um, but he was also a spy or something, right? I don't know. That's why he disappeared into the forest. Mm -hmm. Oh, also, no, none of us mentioned this, so I'm just going to mention it because we've already mentioned food. But we did the tour in Bangkok, uh, the food tour with local Gutty. And that was actually really cool, too. Um, we met up with a local, just a local person, uh, and she, like, took us out to the floating markets, which isn't actually floating. Um, there's several <laughs> floating markets. There were a few, like, people selling vegetables off of the boats, but this is mostly like above water markets. And um, yeah, so then she like walked around and was able to show us what things were and then went and bought them with us. It was like the the best money that I could have spent is like to have someone, if we just say this, this and that and that and like just bring us stuff. And she just went off and like bought things for us and brought it back. Which that's and, also where I tried durian for the first time. Oh, yeah. And it was not as bad as we thought it was. <laughs> nope. Not great, and I don't think I'll try it again necessarily, but if you don't know what durian is, it's a fruit, and it's apparently the world's smelliest fruit, and it just, yeah, it has a very strong smell that you don't really, you kind of wonder, like, how did somebody pick this fruit and say, like, I'm going to eat this fruit because it smells so great because it does not smell great. Yeah, if don't you don't know, there there are signs that are like no guns, no knives, and no durian. Like <laughs> in hotels and buses, like this is like a a weapon. This fruit is. I wonder if it's like a genetic thing, though. Like you know how some people there's it's a genetic trait whether you think cilantro tastes like soap or not, and so some people like it, some people don't because you have like this gene in you that says it's good or not, and so I wonder if that's the same about with durian is that people are like oh it's we like it or we don't like it but most of the time the smell would prevent anyone from actually eating it like nobody wants to put something that smells like bo in their mouth and that's but we did so i'm not sure that if that says anything for us didn't we eat it with ice cream we no, bought ice cream so that after if, afterwards if we didn't like it then we could then wash, it down, wash it down with ice cream okay yeah Right. So then we left Bangkok and flew to Myanmar, which is also called Burma, but yes. is now called Myanmar. It used to be called Burma. To be more inclusive of the different nationalities that live there. Yes, because even though Burmese people are the majority people group in Myanmar, they aren't the only people group in Myanmar. But so we went to Mandalay, which is the first city in that we went to in Myanmar and stayed at a fairly nice hotel that had um, a rooftop restaurant and bar that we drank Negronis at. So my favorite thing about Myanmar was the dumplings that we got in Mandalay. 
<laughs> to be fair, like Myanmar was not an easy place, and we had known this before. It wasn't the easiest place to figure out um, where to eat and like where good food was and what food we like, what food we should have. Like it was, it just wasn't that easy. At least the first couple of days that we were there. Um, mm-hmm. So to be fair, when we found this place that you had, found, where did you find it out on Yelp or Google? Uh, I think Google. Yeah. Then by the time we got there and we ordered and we ate it, we were all like, this is the best food we've ever eaten in our entire life. But it was really good, actually. And I took a picture of the dumplings and put them like as a review on the Google Maps. And I get emails from Google every now and then saying like, you've helped 100 people by looking at this photo on Google Maps. Yeah. Or something. So yeah, it was worth it. I guess I should explain. <laughs> I should explain what they were. Like there's just it was this like big plate that was just full of dumplings like in a single layer. We'll put a picture in the show notes or something. Yes. But um or I guess you could link to the restaurant and look at my photo on Google Maps, right? But they're yes, just we like can do that. fried dumplings that are just filled in this plate and uh they were amazing. What was other people's favorite memories? I have a feeling this podcast is really boring. But... No, it's not. <laughs> no, we'll do your editing magic and it will, it'll be fine. I'm going to follow suit because the same place that we had those dumplings for the first time was when I had tea leaf salad for the first time. And I had like read about what we should eat and uh, me and Mar, because I don't know anything about Burmese food, but people had said, like, get this tea leaf salad. And it's basically fermented tea leaves with, like, fried nuts and beans that they put in. It sounds terrible. And it actually w- doesn't look that appetizing in, like, any picture. But you start eating it, and you the first bite, you're kind of like, mm, I'm not sure if this is good. And then you keep eating it. And, like, by the end of it, you're, like, craving it the next time. <laughs> And so I'm pretty sure that whatever meal that I could eat tea leaf salad at, I was I was going to get it. And so even when we got pizza at another place and I saw that they had tea leaf salad pizza, we ordered that. <laughs> so I don't think I actually tried it more than just like a bite of it. I was like really sad when we left the country and I almost bought those little things at the restaurant. I mean, at the airport where you could take it with you and make your own salad at home. And I, I'm like regretting that I didn't do that. I'm going to have to figure out how to make it because it was just, it was just that good. And like, I became a snob about it too. Like by the end of it, I was like, (laughs) oh, this one's not really good. Like this one, this one's okay. Like, but this one's not really good. And I'm like, I've only been here a week and yet now I'm like a snob about which tea leaf salads I want to eat. Ridiculous. And while Katie bought tea leaf salads the whole time, I pretty much ate fried rice the whole time. And (laughs) no matter where we went, that's pretty much what I ordered. Because like I make fried rice at home, but it's not it's not full like these ones were. Like this this had like all kinds of good stuff in it. And I don't I don't know, it was just like little veggies and rice and chicken or pork or whatever. But the best part was the soy sauce—that's what it was, right? It was soy sauce with like Something little like, green yeah. chilies or some sauce, which I think was soy sauce with like green chilies infused in it and garlic. It was so good that I pretty much—I was also disappointed when we left Myanmar because I couldn't find that stuff anymore. So Katie was mourning the tea leaf salad, and I was mourning the loss of that sauce. <laughs> I think we asked about it one time and they were literally like, it's, 
it's just soy sauce with like these <laughs> green chilies in it and Did and that's know? it. it i know i don't know why it just is so good in fact i have found green chilies at our grocery store here and have forgotten about it but now i have been reminded and i need to go buy some and make my own do it uh so eric are you gonna follow along on the food train or (laughs) i really liked the food in me in time like i'm really surprised that that's the one highlight that you guys have had so far um, I don't know. I felt like of all the places, <laughs> like of all the places, Myanmar really was sort of a, a unique place in that the tourism industry there just isn't as developed. But at the same time, there are some places that like you could go and you just wouldn't see other tourists. And so for me, it sort of felt a bit undiscovered. I think that the the monuments and the the different pagodas and things that we would go to really won out for me. And so like to kind of highlight each of the three cities that we were in quickly. In Mandalay, we did sort of a tour of some of the older areas outside of the city. And so there were some really interesting old temples. And that was really cool to sort of see as a, a go, like a, a starting point for Myanmar. And we like had to take a boat across the these horse-drawn carriages and go out to all these temples. But it was a really fun way to do that day. And so so that was really cool. But you'd only see the same like, three or four other from Myanmar, like the whole day, you didn't see just hordes and hordes of buses of people. Um, and in the same way, like when we were, it was just fascinating. I mean, you're on a boat on the middle of the lake and that's where all the houses are and that's where the hotel is and everything. Like just, just the fact that you could go as many people and then the, the temples in Bagan as well. I mean, to hop on our little scooters and scoot around down the dirt roads and be able to pull in it be just us. Like that was really, really cool to me how it was, sort of like you were paving the, the tourist infrastructure rather than just you do in Cambodia or Thailand or some of the other places. Yeah, I would, I mean, I would probably say that it, Myanmar was our favorite um, because yeah. people have asked us and we've said, oh yeah, Myanmar was our favorite. And I think it's because like, I did, we didn't know what to expect and our expectations were low to begin with. And so anytime things were better than, than I thought they were going to go, then I was like, this is, like this is just awesome, um, and so we really, we really did enjoy our time in Myanmar. And since then, I like there ha- there's been a lot of issues there that it's been in the news quite a bit. But when we were there, um, that there wasn't those concerns that are going on now. <laughs> so there's been a lot that's happened, uh, like physically, like in the country. The country's had like really bad flooding, where like pagodas have fallen into the river, <laughs> and then like the stuff with um the national Buddhist group and stuff like that. And like people leaving cities. And so, but um, we, I really liked where we were at in the middle of, of Myanmar. And I will say that besides the food, I think Inland Lake was one of the coolest things that we did. And I'm really glad that we, we spent the time and money to go there. Cause a lot of people will go to Mandalay if they go to the middle and they'll go to Bagan city, but they won't, they won't take the time to go to Inland Lake. And I'm really glad that we did that. Yeah, I put the dumplings down mostly because I figured everybody else would put down the other things that I thought were really cool. But then <laughs> you guys just brought up your foods too. And so Eric had to come in and rescue us all. Um, but I think probably if I don't say my dumplings, I think our cool, my coolest experience was the river hotel that we stayed at, the lake hotel in Inlay Lake, where we actually stayed at a hotel that was built on the lake itself. And so our room was built out over the water. 
I think that was one of the the coolest experience, especially if you throw in the, especially if you throw in the boat ride that we got to take with. Well, us. but there was no other way to get out there except for by boat. And this, like, how this is how under underdeveloped the tourist stuff is. There is that I couldn't find anywhere online how to get. Like, I don't know if everyone who backpacks through, because most of the information I could find online were backpackers. And so they wouldn't stay out on the lake. They'd stay in the village and then hire a boat for a day. But like our, our hotel was on the lake and I totally thought that you could get there by car or by taxi and you couldn't, like you literally could not get there by taxi and you had to go by a boat. And so we just kind of had to figure it out on, on the way <laughs> that you couldn't get there. I think in... Uh, Myanmar, my favorite, I don't know, site that we saw was Bagan because I don't know if Eric finished his description of where we went, but Bagan City was the last stop that we went to in uh, Myanmar. And it's basically this city that has like over 2,000 little pagodas, which are, um, they're just like little. I don't know. How would you guys describe a pagoda or explain it to somebody? I don't know. It's like, it's a, like a small temple. It's that, like Yeah, okay, a temple type thing. Um, yeah. Some of them you can go inside and some of them like are big enough that they have like stairs that you can climb up. And um, and so they're, they're just, they just are all over the entire, just like, I don't know, miles and miles. And one day we actually rented scooters and, or e-bikes or whatever. And, we just had some mapped out and just went around on our own, uh, just driving our little e-bikes and going through places that probably were not really roads. Well, they weren't really roads. They were not roads at all, like <laughs> passing through fields and stuff. And um, we just show up at this pagoda or a temple and we would just, you take off your shoes and you walk up and you can see, you can climb up to the top and then just see for miles all these little pagoda steeple type things poking out of the trees. And it was just really cool. It was like very, very uh, like because there weren't a lot of tourists, like you could just see for miles and there was nobody else around. And especially at sunset and sunrise, that was really cool because the, the light just made it really pretty with, with the colors of the ground and the trees. And yeah. yeah. So I think that was probably my favorite part of Myanmar. Besides the fried rice. And y'all were brave. Like y'all got up in the morning too and went out. Like y'all were like, we're going to get up in the sunrise and like go see the sunrise over the pagodas. And Jason and I were like, have fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh. Do you, do you think the sunrise over the pagodas was worth it? Or like it was a different in, during the day? Like tell, tell me a little about that because we weren't with you. And it was a long time ago apparently. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I feel like it was worth it because, you know, we thought, eh, it's one morning, let's just get up and go. And it it was different just because it was so quiet. We were the first people out on the particular pagoda we picked to climb up and watch. And we were the first people there. And so for a while, it was just like silent and um, it was dark. And then as the sun started to rise, it just it got really bright and the colors in the sky changed and then slowly like more people came. So, you know, we didn't have it to ourselves, but it just, I don't know. I think the coolest part was just that it was so quiet and so like undisturbed, even when the sun was rising and there were more people, everybody seemed to like have this collective, like 
this should be a quiet time. And so it was just really nice to be there and to experience it. And so if you have the opportunity, I would advise you do that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that it's really cool uh, to go and watch the sunrise. I mean, it was beautiful watching it come up. There's also other times of year where they do balloon rides, um, where at sunrise they come up and they get to kind of be amongst the pagodas. And so I think it would be really cool if you were there during that time of able to go and like watch the sunrise and watch the balloons come up. I think that that would be just stunning. Um, it was beautiful when we were there, but it was technically monsoon seasons. A lot of rain, they weren't doing the balloon rides at that time. We we went on a balloon ride, a hot air balloon ride in Cappadocia here in Turkey, and we just got a picture that I took from our hot air balloon printed and hung on the wall, and it, it's stunning to see just the the balloons. We were there in the winter, so the balloons over the snowy, rocky hills and whatever, and so I can imagine that that would have been pretty cool in Burma. I will mention one other thing that I was kind of like geekily excited about, and um, it was it was the puppets when we so the place <laughs> that we the place that we stayed in Myanmar. Um, I had just read in Mandalay where that was our first stop, and still kind of getting a feel of the country. And so at night we basically just stayed at our hotel and ate at our hotel. We were if we were gone all day, it just was easier to stay at the hotel and eat and relaxing for us. And so, um, we did that. But the hotel that we stayed at had like a free um show that we could watch, and they would do. A puppet show. Well, they would do the what was that? Like an xylophone. It was like a xylophone, um, in like a boat shape. It was kind of this like curved, curved shape, not like a flat xylophone. Um, I'll put a couple of pictures in the show notes and a few links. But they did that for a while, and that could like just make you go to sleep. But that was really cool. But then after that, they would do a puppet show, and the puppet mask. Masketeers, mas- masters, puppeteers, puppeteers. Um, it supposedly it's like a dying art in Myanmar, and it used to be, I think, something really big and really popular to do as a profession, but doesn't seem to be as popular now. Um, but it, we were, I guess, got really excited because I thought, oh, this is something that's. Uh, they're known for and then I thought we were going to need to find a place that had a show but then our hotel actually had someone who came and did that every night so we not only saw the show once we saw it twice um and I was kind of excited about it it was a little strange though because we were like the only ones there so there's like us four <laughs> a foot away from <laughs> or not a foot like a table away from the stage and they're doing their little puppet shows and so we had we to give the them our best we were the best viewers though we the clapped. Yes. We clapped after time every we time. Yes. The second time we were not as uh, involved with the show. No, but that's okay. But we did clap whenever they would finish one of their songs. So from Myanmar, we went to uh, Cambodia, right? <laughs> and Siem uh, Siem Reap. We stayed there. This was one of our like down times. We stayed there for five nights. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, five nights there. And, Eric, uh, yeah, tell us, remind us how you found this hotel, because it was awesome. So the hotel we stayed at in Cambodia, Residence Inn, and I just found them on Hotels.com. And so looking through reviews, there were tons of super expensive resorts, like obviously with Angkor Wat, that area of the country has become a big tourist attraction, several hundred dollars a night. And so 
we were totally not in that group of people. And so we were looking for a cheaper place. And as I was looking around, like this place had phenomenal review rate. And so um, we ended up paying less than $30 a night, maybe it was $31 a night for each of our hotel rooms while we were in Cambodia. Um, and they were really nice, super clean. I mean, the the staff was super attentive, almost maybe too attentive. Creepily, I mean, creepily but, uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, so, so I felt like the Popular Residence Hotel was definitely a win. Like it was a little far, but they had a, a free shuttle in and it would cost two or three US dollars to get a tuk-tuk or a rickshaw back. And so it was really easy to do. Yeah, I really liked it. And we upgraded a couple more dollars a night to get a bathtub outside. And so <laughs> I, I thought it was worth it, although I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that used mine. Jason, did you take a bath in our bathtub? That was like outside. We had like this little outdoor no. shower and bathtub area. I took a shower cool. outside, but not not a bath. It, anyways, it was cool, and it smelled. It just smelled so good when we walked in, and the people. It was just. It was a really great hotel, except for the one night that three out of four of us got really really sick, and we're still oh. not sure what it is. It could have been the hotel. It could have not been the hotel. We're not really sure, but yeah. I can't say that I don't love this hotel just because just because we got really really sick that night. Like I think it was like a weird thing. Yeah, it was it was a good hotel. Good job. To Eric. be fair, like of and the I, hotels, sorry Eric. To be fair, ahead. of the hotels, that is the one I would have wanted to get sick in because it was the most comfortable as far as like if I'm going to sit on the floor in front of the toilet, like <laughs> I want a clean toilet or a clean floor <laughs> and a clean toilet. And so, you know, of all the places we stayed, I think that one might have been the best place to get sick at. Yeah, it's true. Um, so tell us, Eric, because this is was basically everything that we did there was like all of your research. So tell us kind of like what we did. I guess you can you can talk about it, but I'd like to hear what your favorite thing was because this was kind of your like the place you really wanted to go to and you kind of know more than the rest of us. Like my favorite thing is like the place with the vines and I don't remember the name, but you will. So let's hear, I want to hear from you first. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So um, obviously CM Reap or however you say it. Um, so, so CM Reap is, is definitely known for Angkor Wat. So you think of Tomb Raider, you think of like, and that's this part of Cambodia. And so that was is in, and so that's where we spent the majority of the time that we were going out and exploring. And so we had five nights, so that's roughly six days by the time you count your side. And so we bought a three-day pass to Angkor Wat, and that let us go in for several days to visit some of the bigger temples as well as some of the beaten path temples. And so it was really interesting because a lot of people don't realize how big the complex is. So there's Angkor Wat, which is the big famous the water in front of it but then there are a whole bunch of other temple complexes around and so with this pass you can go and you can visit all of them and so we hired a around and we got up super early one morning and we did sunrise at anchor watt over the water which is really beautiful but tons and tons of people um and then we um explored and it, it was really neat to to get to see all of these places there's the the one temple that is known for Tomb Raider. And so you see the pictures of Angelina Jolie. And so, you know, we got to go there. There were lots of people taking pictures, but then there were a lot of other smaller temples that are really cool with all the vibe that are very similar, maybe even cooler that not as many people go to because they haven't been on television. And so um, I, I would probably agree. I think it's Bang Melier or something like that, which is the, the temple that's in ruins that's much further out, was probably one of the we got to go while we were in Cambodia. And so 
that was really awesome. It was cool. I'll let one of you guys talk a little bit more about that since that was your favorites. But we all in Cambodia had the chance to do some other things. And so one day, um, Ashley and I went to the Landmine Museum, which um, was a place where they have basically taken a lot of landmines that are, have been spread throughout Cambodia over the last, what it was during the 50s, I believe, maybe millions of landmines that were scattered um, through the Vietnam War and through the, the Khmer Rouge and a number of other things. And so Landmine Museum learned some of the history, you got to see some of the ways that they've been trying to get rid of all the landmines, improve the situation for orphans or people who may have lost limbs in the process. And so it was, it was very sobering, but it was really, really interesting to get to see the history of the area try to change that. I forgot that y'all went to that one. So there's like the second day when you and Ashley went out, Jason and I stayed back home. So this was the day that y'all did the landmines museum. Again. Went along with some of the smaller temples. Yeah. I think I think you mentioned it, Eric, but the what was the name of the one? There was the one temple that we went at that we had to drive like an hour out to. Bang Melie. King Melie? No, Bang. Bang, Bang. Bang. Bang million. <laughs> so this was my favorite, not because of the actual. So what happened is we went to this. It's it's the ruins of an old temple, I guess. And there's like a wooden footpath, and you walk around. It's pretty big, and you can kind of see things. And it was pretty cool. Um, we had to drive like forty five minutes or an hour to get there, and so we were kind of. And it wasn't the cheapest trip and it, so we were kind of on the fence about whether or not we should actually go but we decided we're here we'll never come back here probably so let's just go um and when we walked around the footpath i thought okay i guess it was worth it uh, i mean it was cool to see but it was kind of like all the other ones we see no so this one of, was way cooler jason well still as we were leaving a security guard kind of waved us over and like took us underneath the the ropes to like the places you're not supposed to be. And then just kind of like walked us through like inside the ruins of the ruins, like where the public isn't supposed to go. But this guy took us there anyway. And that was really awesome. That totally made it worth, worth the trip up for me. Yeah. Well, I just thought it was really cool because this is, this was the one that I think we got there early enough that, there was just sections of it that we, there weren't a lot of people around. Um, and it wasn't until we were almost done with the tour that we saw like busloads of people <laughs> come in. Um, but it was the one that had like the biggest trees that had just grown up in the middle of these temples. But you're right about the guy, like the tour guide. If, if he hadn't have like pulled us back and like, we've gotten to actually do this whole like, going in between the parts that you weren't actually allowed to go through it then i don't think it would have been as cool but since we got to kind of do all the other stuff it was really really interesting yeah i agree with that yes so i love going to places like anchor Wat, the coliseum the eiffel tower even though i've never been there you know it's just really cool to like go to these places you've heard about over and over. And, um, and so I think that's probably one of the coolest parts about Cambodia was it was something I knew about and I recognized. Um, but I have to say that I was absolutely mesmerized by all the butterflies in Cambodia. There were so many butterflies that were just really cool colors, lots of blues and yellows and reds. And um, I just don't think I've ever seen that many 
beautiful butterflies. And they were fast too, because I tried to take pictures of them, but they just were, they just flew away too quickly. So on the day that you guys um, stayed at the hotel sick, um, I was still kind of under the weather as well. And I wasn't feeling super great, but as we were driving out to this other temple somewhere, um, our, the guy, the tour guide that was with us was like, Hey, you know what? There's a butterfly center here. Do you want to stop? And <laughs> Eric was like, yeah, okay. She's going to really want to stop. So we did. And it was so cool because we got to learn about just, they have so many different species of butterflies in Cambodia. And this little center is there helping to, um, I don't know, protect them and learn about them and that sort of thing. And so they've, they've just got like this net over a big open space that keeps these butterflies in. And so we could get some pictures of them there, but they were just amazing. Um, so I, I loved seeing all the butterflies and also something that I just feel like I have to mention that I was quite shocked about was that in this city, they pretty much don't want to use their currency. Like you should bring American US dollars with you because the US dollar, like that's what people want. Like when you're paying for your meal or when you're buying something from a vendor, like they want US dollars. It is the first place I've ever been where having US money outside of the US would have actually been maybe more beneficial because they, I mean, you could even get it out of the ATM. And one more point about that is if you bring money, make sure you bring really clean, um, like new bills because <clears throat> they are very, they're very strict about what they will accept because they, they've, I guess, have had a lot of counterfeit money come through. And so they are very strict about making sure that it's a good, clean bill. But I just found that so odd because even if you paid in their currency, like they sometimes gave you back change in their, maybe a little bit in their currency, but also in US dollars. And it just, that was just baffling to me. Yeah, me too. Because I remember when we first got there, we were trying to get money from like the ATMs and we were really having trouble figuring out like how to get the money because because we didn't realize that they used dollars so much. Yeah. And we would even, I mean, we sometimes we would get a tuk-tuk ride and we'd give them a dollar and then give them some Cambodian money too. Like it was just, it was almost interchangeable. Well, and we had brought money, we had brought like clean $100 bills for Myanmar because I had heard that they just, I knew a couple places we were saying didn't take cash, um, I mean, didn't take cards, but I had heard that might be like get you a better exchange but i didn't just i was surprised like i think how much more important it was for cambodia uh, it was almost like frustrating for all of us too because one we don't even we don't even live in america where they give you u.s dollars so to, for us to even have u.s dollars it, yeah it just was frustrating yeah anything else with cambodia i think like what i liked um, I like the city of Siem Reap. Like, I see why. I've I've always heard people talk about it in Cambodia, and Cambodia has never been like high on my list of places to go. But I'm really glad that I went. Um, it just really surprised me, um, because I don't think most of Cambodia is like this. But Siem Reap is definitely um, built up for tourists and for an expat community of people who just want to live there for a few months, um, somewhat cheaply. Uh, and I didn't think it was that cheap, but 
like it's cheaper than some other places i think and so people will go there and I'm, i was just really surprised at these stores and restaurants and like what was available to tourists there i think coming from myanmar into cambodia i can see what myanmar could potentially be if like these places continue to grow and like the tourist industry develops in those cities i can see what it like eventually these places could become places like Siem Reap in Cambodia. Yeah. But after Cambodia, we went to <clears throat> Malaysia. And so these these next two spots, we stopped in Malaysia and Singapore. And these were quick. We were in Malaysia one night and Singapore two nights. I think I, I can start in typical fashion with my favorite thing about Malaysia was Chili's. <laughs> the restaurant. Chili's baby, baby back. back. So after like we had been gone how many weeks? Two and a half weeks of traveling. Um, I think if I remember the story right, Ashley wanted Pizza Hut. (laughs) So so we were looking for Pizza Hut and we went to the Well, I was craving Krispy Kremes, Ashley was craving Pizza Hut. So we went to the (laughs) mall that was supposed to have a Pizza Hut, but it had closed. But instead we have chilies. And I think maybe Ashley won't agree. I think it was a blessing that Pizza Hut was closed <laughs> because Chili's was amazing. We ate so much food there. Yeah, it was really good. Bottomless chips and salsa, yeah. real, like hamburgers, American food. Like literally that restaurant could have been in North Carolina or Iowa. Like it seemed like America inside of that restaurant. Yeah, yeah. it did. Um, and I think, was this everyone's first time to go um, – to go to Malaysia, except I had spent a summer in Malaysia, but had any of y'all been before? Nope. Okay. No, I hadn't. And I so hadn't either. We didn't really have much time there. I think we had 24 hours there. Um, and we did do the kind of street food thing. So we our hotel was near um, Chinatown Market, and that's where we met up with the leader who I had worked with like the summer that I had lived in Malaysia before. Um, And we, we were still all kind of still like recovering from being sick in Cambodia and weren't sure what to order. And things just kind of looked a little bit strange. Um, So it was a, it was an interesting night to say the least, but we did try some Chinese food in Malaysia. I'm not even sure what Malaysian food I know there is Malaysian food. I've had it before, but I don't feel like we gave Malaysian food any type of like attention. But the chilies is I <laughs> I do not feel bad at all about going to chilies while we were there. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. It was in Kuala Lumpur that we got the um hop on half off bus, right? And so we took that around and got to see a lot of the the sites in the city and that was pretty that was cool because we only had a really short time there. And so it was a good use of our time to just get to drive around on the bus and see everything. I enjoyed yeah. it. Okay. Mine was, my favorite one was taking a Harry Potter picture at the Patronus Towers. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously if you're a Harry Potter fan, you know, Expecto Patronum is a spell that produces a Patronus. And so I just think that it's cool that this the the buildings are called the Patronus Towers. What is and, a Patronus? For those who don't know, well, a Patronus is a. It usually takes the form of an animal, and everybody, every wizard or witch, 
which has a different Patronus. And the Patronus is, it helps, well, mostly, I think, throughout the series, it helps to fight off Dementors, which are very um, evil beings that guard Azkaban, the prison. This sounds really nerdy as I say this out loud. But the more you know words what? you get into, the more you have to explain, and the more exactly. you want. Just why, tell you. why don't you just tell us the whole Harry Potter series? <laughs> you should just read the books. If you haven't already, I mean, you're like 20 years behind. But yeah, um, yeah oh, but so the Patronus Towers, I don't know, that was just fun. And so How I took a silly out? picture. It turned out pretty good, I guess. I wonder if I have those. It was on Insta Story, so I don't know if I saved them. But oh, that would be a shame if I really did. hard on those. <laughs> I did work so hard. I'm sure I saved them, but I'll have to look. But yes, so Eternus Towers. Yeah. Katie, what was your favorite? I think it was just going back to the city that I had flown in 10 years ago um, for the summer that I spent working at the Chinese boarding school teaching English. While I didn't go back to the city that I was in for most of the summer, like actually having the gal that like was my leader that summer, like helping me out, who kind of like was my supervisor for the time that I was there, um, seeing her like exactly ten years later was just probably the coolest part about that. And it, it I mean, she's super easy to hang out with, um, really really sweet, and she actually drove a really long ways to come meet us in town because she lives outside of town. Um, but yeah, it just, that was probably the coolest part of like getting to see her. It's just sometimes you don't, you don't ever think you're going to see these people again. And so seeing her, having her like kind of walk us around and that type of thing. And I think that was the coolest part for me. It has nothing to do with the city itself, but it has everything to do with just the people <laughs> that I knew there. Hmm. I, I think for me, um, you know, I feel like... Kale is slightly jaded for me because that bus ride that we took right afterwards, um, <laughs> which was interesting to say the least. Um, but but I, the best thing that we did while we were in Kale was hanging out with Katie's friend, um, getting to kind of explore the market. Um, sounds like fun, like the night markets and that sort of stuff. And so, so walking through the markets, eating the food, like having someone there, sort of like when we were in Thailand, who could press and you knew that you were going to get something good. Like that was a really fun way to do that night. And so I'd say that was probably my favorite thing to do in Kale. Yeah. yeah. And then from Kale, we went to Singapore on Eric's birthday and we rode a bus that had massage chairs and it was just, <laughs> just a wonderful Awful. experience. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so here's here's why this is such a terrible experience is because I had built it up to be amazing. <laughs> I had said like we're gonna ride these buses and the buses are amazing. Like have they're super nice. They have massage chairs and you get your own TV with your own movies and you just ride on this bus for like the next five hours. You know, it takes you from. Kuala Lumpur to Singapore and it's just like it's so easy you just have to get off the bus one time and you get back on um, and now this was 10 years ago I I just I just built it up too much because when we got on that bus I'm pretty sure it could have been the same bus that was around 10 years ago but it looked like it had been around for 30 years like I don't I don't know if they changed the really amazing buses that I had 10 years ago like ever. I don't think they ever did anything to those buses that were amazing. So they're all look they were all terrible. 
To be I, fair, I, I don't think you. it was because you built it up. I just think it was genuinely an awful just bus. I think, I think even if you hadn't talked about it at all, we would have been like, I don't know. Maybe I guess we would have had a different expectation. But honestly, like, they just were really dirty. There were bugs. The there was no the air conditioning went out like halfway maybe not even halfway through the journey but we were stuck on a bus and our windows didn't open because we were on the bottom floor and so like we just couldn't get any airflow and we were like sweating and the guys that were driving were just like yeah we're hot too and we're like you have an open window like at least you have moving air and I don't think it was because you built it up too much I really <laughs> think it was just genuinely an awful bus. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We did end up switching buses at the border of Singapore. Like they had sent a new bus down, but the new bus, like we couldn't watch movies and at least there was air conditioning. And there were yeah. bugs. There were bugs on that there one. There were still bugs. I yeah. just, let's just say that this, the, this bus ride did not bring out any good qualities in any of us. <laughs> that's that's true this this was like our like lowest could have been our lowest moment in traveling together where yeah. we were just like this is the worst and we were not even trying to hide it from one another yeah <laughs> happy birthday eric happy birthday <laughs> eric's like i'm not even gonna talk about it <laughs> but we made it to singapore and it was fine right I mean, we got there. And I think after Malaysia and after doing the hop on, hop, uh, hop on, hop off bus there, um, which was, was fine. I just don't think there's a ton to see in Kuala Lumpur. And I think it and it was rainy when we were there too, right? Like it yeah. was actually, it just wasn't, it wasn't an easy tour day um, to see a lot of things. So going from Kuala Lumpur to Singapore, I actually think, was like a big relief. Like I'm glad we didn't go to Singapore and then to Kuala Lumpur. Like I'm glad we did Kuala Lumpur and then we got into Singapore. Um, because Singapore ended up being just a really nice. It was I. I really enjoyed the time that we we had there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my favorite thing that we did there was uh going on the boat tour. Oh. Yeah, I was like, did you forget we went on a boat tour? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so there's like a river that runs through Singapore and you get to see like all of the buildings. It kind of reminds me of the boat tour in Chicago where you take the canal through like the middle of town and it shows you like all the different architecture and neighborhoods and that's exactly what they did for this tour. And it's not super long. I think it was maybe an hour and you really get to see most of Singapore and it's not hard to get around downtown area either. Um, so we did a lot of walking, but that boat tour was fun because you could see everything from the water. Yeah. I'd forgotten about the boat tour. So I think what I really enjoyed about Singapore was the art science museum. So it was expensive. So that, well, just the city in general was expensive, but the museum is, it's, it was just really cool because they have, um, I can't remember what the exhibit was called, but you could choose between a couple of different exhibits. And the one we chose was very interactive and you could go, you went into like this room that was like a box that they projected things on and you could see, I don't remember what was in the box, but it was just really cool because like the whole wall, it's everything waves. around you. Was that, like that was, well, that was a different room. That was a, yeah, the waves were based on like, 
think it was like sound. Um, was it sound particles? We'll see. I learned a lot from this museum. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the interactive parts. And, we, went and the, I think, we went to the future world exhibit. Future world? Okay, future world. Well, future I think world. my favorite part of that was when we could color a house or a car or an airplane or something, and then you put it through a scanner and it shows up on the wall. And you could see like a lot of people that had done it that day, you could see all of their like artwork up on the wall, but it was like incorporated into this like animation. And it was just, that was really neat. And I think it's a great place for kids to like go and explore and do things because it's very interactive. It's not just reading about different uh, like historical things or technological things. It's just, you get to just do and explore. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Well, the box thing I think had um, like vines of a tree and there was birds in it. Um, But yeah, like exactly what you said, like doing that one, only a certain number of people could go in. They could only stand in a certain place. And um, so like the interactiveness of it was was really interesting. Um, And I I think that people don't see art that way, but this exhibit was was really hands-on and people could um, could interact with it. And the same, um, that same museum and exhibit had the, uh, so like the infinity room where it was like a star room and yeah. you could, yeah. um, people could actually pick um, different uh, like ha- things that would happen in space, like a star burst or like a comet, different things like that. And the light system that they had created that, I mean, you just you kind of like are lost in this like maze of stars is what it was supposed to be. Um, but then it would actually react and do like a simulation of something that you could pick on the computer. And so other people who are walking through it could see what you had pressed, but they didn't know, they just thought it was all random. And um, yeah, I think I was really surprised how much I liked it. Yeah, yeah. that thing was really cool. That room was cool. I think that was you, Eric, that had just, that had uh, pointed it out, right? Pointed out the room or the museum? No, the museum and the exhibit. I don't think I knew about it. Yeah, I think that it was sort of seen on the list. And then we were kind of, we had several hours to kill mid-afternoon. And we're like, well, what should we do? And we were over in that area. And so we decided that we did it. Yeah. It was either that or go and hang out at a mall like we did while we were in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. Well, we did go to the mall beside the science museum and get some uh, frozen yogurt. Yeah. My favorite thing about Singapore was the magic tree light show that we went to. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about it? <laughs> it just sounds what, the magic tree the, light show. I don't know what the official <laughs> name is, but in Singapore, they the have super tree grove. Super tree grove. They have these yeah. like a forest of like fake trees <laughs> there's like they're massive trees that are like avatar trees but it's and in the botanical gardens right of singapore yeah and they at every night i guess they have a show that is like done to music and uh like the trees like a light show basically and it was it was a really cool experience what was the music was it disney music it was musicals or something like that. Yeah. Musical Broadway. Numbers. Broadway. Yeah. Broadway. Broadway numbers. Yeah. That was really cool. The people were like singing to it. And I think what was better, what was even better about this was that people could lay, most of them were like sitting on the ground, laying on the ground and everyone had to look up to see 
all these trees. And so you're just like, nobody's looking at other people. You're all just kind of looking up. And so nobody's blocking your view. It's, it's, that part was really cool because you kind of felt like the show was yours and you weren't having to share it with other people. Although there was tons of people there that you were sharing it with. Yeah. But I thought that was really cool. Gardens by the Bay. That's Noon with the Art Science Museum, the Super Tree Grove, and then we went over to the Marina Bay Sands, the like the Cloud Forest, which is the, the internal area. We kind of spent the afternoon on that marina side, and I'm I'm glad we did that because it was really neat. I'd say my favorite thing was probably there as well, the Cloud Forest, which was the inside. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, basically, a big mound of. I don't know. Very greenhouse. Tropical. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the the cloud forest is a a big greenhouse, basically, with plants from like mountainous regions. And so you walk in and you've been out in hot, humid Singapore and you walk in and it's like cold. You want your jacket. It's misty. And being able to go through plants that they've got from all these different places um, was really, really cool. And so that was a fun way to spend a couple hours in the afternoon. Yeah. We took lots of pictures of plants that day. How many pictures of flowers did you have? Did you ever count them? I feel like from Singapore, I had like 150 pictures and they were all pretty much plants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, so from Singapore, then we got on a plane and flew back to Thailand. And uh, this was always kind of going to be the end of our trip. And personally, the part of the trip that I was most excited for. And we went to Koh Samui, which is an island that was off the coast. And we have, um, uh, we got a hotel room. it's not a hotel room. I'm not sure what you would call it. It's not a villa, but basically there was like two rooms and in between the two rooms was a swimming pool. And the Katie and I stayed in one room and Eric and Ashley stayed in the other and it had like an outdoor shared space for us. And it was just the perfect environment for me to, to end the trip, in my opinion. And my favorite thing I wrote down about Kosamoy was doing nothing. Nothing was my favorite thing. It, it was just a relaxing experience where we just got to to chill and hang by the pool or, or just, yeah, relax. That was my favorite part of Kosamoy. I think I really enjoyed our couple of days of diving. So Thailand is a good place to go diving. And so this was something that Eric and I had originally, like when we started talking about going to Southeast Asia, um, that was something that was on our list to do. And, um, and it was just, they were the, we're really spoiled where we're at being that the coral reefs that are around us are, are really spectacular. Um, cause we live right on the Red Sea. And so, um, I would say that Thailand's coral reefs or their reefs or whatever don't have anything on the Red Sea, but the kinds of fish that were there were really incredible. They were just like really big fish. Like we don't see a lot of big fish here in the Red Sea. We see a lot of small tropical type fish. Um, But uh, in Thailand, we saw um, just lots of like schools of really big fish which is always exciting. Katie and I saw a shark. Ugh. We have yet. Uh, actually, that's not true. I have seen a shark now. Just not in Thailand. And we saw a shark and we saw the stingrays. That was pretty cool. So when y'all went scuba diving, we did um, snorkeling. And I was not very smart and did not put enough sunscreen on my <laughs> back of my legs. So um, my uh, 
poor little thighs on up to my high knee got really, really red. Um, but I was not the only one who did this. So I did not feel, I did not feel so silly because there were other people who were like completely red on their back as well. But, um, but the snorkeling was, that was actually one of my favorite things. And I think I enjoyed, I just enjoyed the snorkeling more than I thought I, I would, but it was because they have a guide that we, that snorkeled with us. So then they would kind of keep up with us and make sure we were doing okay and kind of say like, don't mess with this fish, but, um, Hey, come look over here at these cool little like Christmas light reef things that will pop in and out, you know, like that type of thing. Um, so they pointed out a lot of things that I don't think I would have seen or like known about. Um, and so that's what I thought was really cool. And same with y'all with your scuba diving, like you had a private guide that took you around, right? Yeah. Which was also very interesting. I, most of the diving that we do, we have to assemble our own gear. We have to do like put all the tanks uh, or attach all of our equipment to the tanks and all of that. So we're really used to that. But this particular company they, uh, and our guide, I don't know if it was just because there were only a couple of us or if they always do this, but they were very like, like we just were expected to just sit there and relax and they put everything together and got us ready. And so then we had our one guide that went with us and we ended up going with another couple another like two girls on the second day but it was a really small group and it was just it was that's really nice it's really nice when you're not I know you're like in the ocean so you theoretically have like lots of space but you know when you're just a big group that you kind of like run into each other but yeah we had a, a guide both days that were that was really pretty much just devoted to us yeah I agree with the water like just the the scuba diving was great being able to go to the beach um just all of that. Like I really love the beach and even though we live on the beach, it's great to get to spend a few days relaxing and yeah, the, the scuba diving was fantastic. I do. I do think like just doing nothing for several days in a row or just not having a plan was actually really, really nice. Um, and where we stayed at made it very easy to just not even see the outside world. So like, we could very easily just sit where we were at and not have to worry about anything and like, and work and do what we needed to do. And yeah, it was a good time. We did try out several um, like nice places. Like we had the all you can eat sushi for our last night um, in Kosamoe. And that was, yeah, that was actually a really fun restaurant to go to. And there was a restaurant near, near us that we went to a couple of times Um that had really good pizza. Is that what yeah. I remember? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those were, I mean, we don't have a lot to say, I think, besides the fact that we did nothing on this island and um, that we went sn- scuba diving, snorkeling. But I think that's, I mean, that sounds like an island vacation to me. So yeah, for sure. Jason, do you have anything else? I guess if you did nothing, there's not really much to say. <laughs> no, I think it was just, I think it was a good experience. The things you mentioned, I'm, um, the, we went snorkeling. That was great. The food walked around. Um, it was fun that the, um, we got to, we had like a mini kitchen, so we got to cook breakfast and stuff we could cook and just, it was just a lot more chill. I think, um, uh, I just really, really enjoyed it as kind of the end of our trip. I did like that we could actually buy groceries and bring them back. Like a part of me just was like, oh, this feels kind of normal. There's a little bit of routine. Like I can, I wouldn't have to go somewhere to eat something. I can actually just get it out of the refrigerator that we have. 
I, don't, I think we kind of covered everything. Yeah, I would say we definitely didn't cover everything because <laughs> no. you know so much <laughs> happened in the four weeks. But uh, we, those are a lot of the highlights. I think overall it was a really great, great trip, and four stars would recommend two thumbs up. Yeah, and we didn't yeah. actually talk about this, but I mean, I guess non-country related travel. I think one of the best things that we were able to utilize while we were doing our airports and air travel and all that stuff was using our priority pass. And we've talked about it before in previous podcast episodes, but um, like we have priority pass and y'all do Eric and Ashley. And so like we were able to all go almost every time we were in an airport, there was at least one lounge that we could go to. Um, And I thought that was one of the best things that we had for our travel. Also, I think that if you have not traveled in that area and aren't aware you can get sim cards for your phone for really cheap um most of the places in fact all the places i guess um do like travelers sim cards and you just give them like some information and your money or whatever and then you have like you know however much you pay for like four gigs or two gigs or whatever of data and um which i we've never traveled anywhere where we could do that And so that was really nice to be able to like always be connected, which I know if you're on vacation, sometimes that's not the goal, but because um, I was doing something like class and uh, I needed to be connected to my class pretty regularly, it was nice that I didn't have to rely on Wi-Fi um, because sometimes the hotel, even though they had Wi-Fi, it wasn't very strong and I could just turn off the Wi-Fi and just stream uh, data from my phone, and I think that was surprisingly helpful. I I didn't I didn't know that was a thing, and I didn't know to expect that. So um, definitely look out for that if you're ever in Southeast Asia. And yeah, I would definitely say it has changed travel. Like um, we yeah. didn't worry about how to get certain places because we knew we could just look at it on our phone. Like our phone would have Google Maps on it, or Um, We had it marked that it could tell us how to get from one place to the next, or um, we didn't have to worry about calling tuk-tuk drivers because we could get an Uber from here to there. Um, So there were some of those things that just traveling with a phone, with data, it just really has streamlined travel and made it a lot easier uh, for us. Yeah, I think I was reflecting on how much travels changed just from our generation in previous generations, because we would land, get a SIM card, call an Uber from our phone at the airport and jump in and, you know, go to the hotel. And in the past, I I mean, I don't even, I can't really, I don't really even know what people did. Then when they arrived at the airport, they get a taxi and with a map or an airport shuttle. I don't know. Travel is just way easier now than it's ever been before, I think. There's probably a lot more planning involved. So like if you needed a rental or if you need to set up a taxi, then you called ahead. Or if you had a shuttle with the hotel, then you'd get that set. So, um, and I think that's why Myanmar was a little bit, uh, we were a little bit concerned about it because there wasn't a ton of information and the stuff that was out there was just not how we traveled because we weren't backpacking. Um, but uh, it it is helpful Um what we could find was helpful and we were able to search for things really specifically. Like if we had questions about where we could eat that type of thing or um, what, what was the SIM card that we should use? Like we were able to find those um, just via our phone, that type of thing. So 
I think our listeners would like to know what was one thing that you're really glad that you brought with you and what's one thing that you could have left behind, like out of the four weeks that we all traveled together, like what would be those two things? I think like, I will start us off and say that we all had, we all had cameras except for Jason. Um, so like, I know that we're all really glad that we brought our cameras. And so if there's like an accessory that you're glad that you brought with you, that's, then you can shout and give a shout out to that. But we also brought computers with us. So we each had computers and cameras and we're, I know that we're all really glad that we brought those because our trip was an extended one. Um, so I can make that easier for you, but I'm thinking like random extras that you're, you're glad that you brought along with you. I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> I should have given you I more time. I can't really think of anything that I was, I was glad that I brought shoes. <laughs> Is that is that a okay answer? Well, I think you would have brought shoes anyways. Well, I'm glad if I didn't bring my shoes, I probably would have regretted it. Yeah. So. Um, I did bring one extra pair of shoes that I could have left behind. So I brought my te- uh, Tiva shoes. I think y'all brought your Chacos. Um, we all had some type of like Chaco type shoes, like outdoor shoes that could get wet and dry real fast. And so I think that one was one that I was glad I brought, but um, I brought an extra pair of shoes, like some black flip-flop type things for like sketchy bathrooms and like random, if just in case I needed it. And I really could have just left those at home. Like I could have, I could have not even brought them with me. So that was one of mine. I think something that I would have probably trade it out a bit more was so like in Myanmar and Thailand to an extent uh Thailand like Bangkok more or less um and a little bit in Cambodia like it's the dress is just a little bit more conservative and I had like a couple of tank tops that I wore like maybe twice in the whole month or it seemed like only twice so I think I could have exchanged those for a couple extra like t-shirts so that laundry wasn't quite as well I mean it was still necessary but um yeah I just think that you just like especially in Myanmar like you just don't wear shorts and you don't really wear sleeveless or like tank tops and so I think I would have probably traded out a couple of those they were nice to have later in places that it wasn't as uh strict but yeah that was something that I probably would have traded out one thing I'm glad I brought with me was this was a sleeping bag liner and I only actually used it once I think um but so maybe that's not a great thing to bring but when I did need it it was really nice to have and it was in our what was that our KL hotel I think that mm-hmm. you know just it was one of the places that it, the city was more expensive and so we you know we opted for a less expensive place and it was more of like a backpackers type place. And as you probably have gathered from other things we've talked about, we are not necessarily backpackers and don't pretend to be. We kind of like to travel comfortably. And so, um, yeah, having a sleeping bag liner was really nice because I slept in that instead of like under the blankets at that particular hotel that one night. And so I think that was really nice. That's a good one. I would, I would say too, like, I'm really thankful that you brought your oils because we did not. Oh, yes. We did point. bring some and then we forgot them in our our Bangkok bag that we left in there for a month. But 
yes, I am. I'm really glad that you brought your oils because we ended up using your oils quite a bit. Yes, we did. We used like peppermint quite a bit, or I did. Just when I get really hot, or if I had a headache, we used the digestive a lot too. When we all kind of got sick, whether or not it like super helped, I don't know. But I feel like a couple of times it settled my stomach a little. Maybe not so much the the night that I was like super sick, but on other occasions it helped a lot. Um, and then the Melaleuca, the tea, um, the tea tree oil for bug bites. Yes, because like I got eaten alive. And yeah, we used that stuff nearly every day because it's so nice to just like put it on your bug bite and then it just stops itching. So yes, that was a good one too. Jason, can you think of anything besides shoes? That I was glad I brought? Yeah, I feel like yeah. you packed well, so. Yeah, I mean, I'm pants, um, <laughs> shirts. I was glad we- that I had shirts. My toothbrush. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. you also we brought you we bought you an extra pair of pants, so you had two like linen pants before we left, and I think it was actually mm-hmm. a good call because you did have to wear those quite a bit through Myanmar and Cambodia, and yeah. so um, it was nice to be able to kind of interchange them, um, yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. Overall, I think I think I packed pretty well. We all brought backpacks and we brought like rolling suitcases. And so we are still on like rolling suitcase team over here um, with like our our cabin, like cabin baggage size rolling suitcases. But y'all went, y'all were hardcore and did the backpacking thing. Yeah. So that's the only way I would be considered a backpacker was I carried a backpack because I'm, you know, as I said before, I'm not a backpacker, but I don't know. I think I still would stand by that. It was a good way to travel and I didn't feel like like my bag was not so heavy that I couldn't carry it and yeah I don't know I would do it again so I think the nice thing about a backpack is that you can just sort of throw it on and then if you're having to climb stairs or you're having to walk over the curb or whatever like you're not having to worry about picking it up or making sure that you're going to like the little ramp or anything like that so I think it's really easy while you're actually have your backpack. Um, I think that when we would hop around from day to day, sometimes like on the really quick trips where you'd spend one night in one hotel and then you'd be in the next night, the next hotel, having to sort of go through your bag was a little bit harder, but anytime that you'd spend two or three nights and you could sort of unpack, um, especially when we like, I loved having my backpack because you just unpack it and then you'd throw everything back in whenever it was time to leave again. So that's my thought on the backpack. Yeah. All right. Sounds well, good. Well, I th- thanks guys for hanging out with us and talking through this. And yeah. Thanks for hanging out Where with us. Where are we going next month? <laughs> Where are we going next? Yeah, I we would totally go on vacation with y'all again. So we just got to figure out when and where that would work. So right. yeah, we, we really are thankful that y'all invited us to do that. And I think it really worked out just well. And so, you know, I know Australia and New Zealand's on both of our lists um, eventually. And then I think y'all have done quite a bit of Europe, but I know Africa, we haven't done Africa at all. And so I know y'all are looking, thinking maybe safari in Africa at some point in time. Um, So I know those are places that we would like to go to one day. It kind of just depends on the timing and the money and who knows all that other fun stuff that you have to figure out now that you're adults. So yeah. Yeah. But we really appreciate y'all taking time and kind of walking through our trip with us. It's way more fun to hear it from like, not just us, but also the other people who are with us. Cause we can make things sound like super great, but <laughs> people are probably think 
we'll think we're lying when we said, you know, we didn't get on each other's nerves too, too much. And we didn't like kill each other. We probably, they probably just think we're lying about it. But now that you're here, you can kind of say, no, we didn't actually kill each other. They are still alive. And well, we're glad you guys went with us and we would definitely, we would definitely do it again too. And yeah. Yeah, and I will say that at least you for your website, ericandashley.com, and then for our website, funktravels.com, we do have plans and goals and dreams to get through the thousands of pictures that we took and to write. And there could be some like co-working together on this in the future to help us be able to get the content up that we want to share with other people. Um, Because I think it, at least with the travel that we did in Myanmar, it would be really helpful for other people to have that information in the future as well. So um, we'll make sure that our future listeners and future episodes know if when we posted things either on your end um, or our end in writing about things that we've done. And I will say, I'll give a shout out for y'all giving the first blog post um, of our trip series and it's about Bangkok and what's the title of it again? Eight Eight fun things to do in Bangkok. I don't know. Uh, I think it is eight fun things to do in Bangkok. Yeah. So I'll link to that in the show notes so then our listeners can go there and check out the first stop of our trip and read about the eight fun fun things they can do in Bangkok. So Bangkok's a super, super huge hub for going in and out of Southeast Asia. And there's lots of people who will make it through there, hopefully. Yeah. In their travels. So um, Jason, you got anything else to say to add in? Eric? Nope. Not for me. I'm all set. So as always, you can read about what we talked about today on our website at funktravels.com slash podcast. You can view us at our social media stuff at Instagram at funktravels or facebook.com slash funktravels. We always like to hear from our listeners. So if you have any questions or comments from today up today's episode, then head to our show notes. Thanks for following along and we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. Bye.